Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me for these morning shows is your co-host, Spaz. As always, powered by caffeine. Yes. Uh, what, do you, what, 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 what caffeine are you slamming? I have a Starbucks double shot espresso here. Do you have something specific? Uh, I usually go with a Rockstar in the mornings hey, if I need that- to. If that works for you, Rockstar doesn't work on me at all for some reason. I don't know why. Rockstar does absolutely nothing for me. That's why I stick with Monsters and these things. Um, I've, I've tried so many of these energy drinks, and I don't know why some work and some don't. Um, but hey, folks, it is 6 a.m. here in uh, California where Spaz and I are because our guests are in uh, Finland. I'm, I'm, what's The name of the city is Kuopo? Kuopio? Coapio. Yes. Coapio. Coapio, excuse me. Uh, Coapio, Finland. Uh, so it is what, about four o'clock? Is it what, four o'clock in the afternoon for you guys? Yes. Okay. All right. So joining us uh, is from Kala Gameworks to talk about the Pegasus Expedition is Nati- narrative director Yako. Uh, ya- no, wait. No. No, is that close? Um, no, yeah, it, it was pretty close. It was it was nice. Yako Vestirinen Vestirinen. Yes. Oh god. Okay. Hey, first try. Uh, and composer Adam Al Sawad. Did I say that right? Or was I close? Yes, at least? you did. Oh, thank God. Folks, we had some real annoying audio issues leading to the second up to we went live today, and it was all on my end. For some reason, Discord hates me unless we go through 18 servers and I refresh Discord eight times. And then, because, side note real quick, we started on the U.S. West server, and apparently I sounded really robotic. So we went through pretty much every other server, and then we went back to U.S. West, and apparently I sound fine. I don't freaking understand <laughs> at all. So, yes, we're a little late. I apologize for that, folks. Uh, couldn't be helped, but it wouldn't be a really good interview if if our guests couldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> that would be a really crappy interview. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and the management of your Kickstarter campaign, which is going on right now, folks, by the way. Um. No, Shogun. No, I sound fine like going through my computer to like Twitch and everything. It's not my equipment. It's specifically Discord. So I'll sound fine to you, but to the three other folks here on Discord, I will sound like a robot. Don't understand why <laughs> it is. Anyway, let's let's move away from that now. <laughs> it's just been my frustration for the last 20 minutes. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So we're here to talk about the Pegasus Expedition, which is, again, currently on Kickstarter, my friends. I'll be, uh, well, let me let me link you all to it in the chat, at least. I will also be including a link in the show notes uh, on the YouTube, um, on the YouTubes and on the blog, where you can download the MP3. Uh, but the Pegasus Expedition is a Space 4X game, and you might hear that and go, oh, God, another one? Because... Let's be honest, there have been a lot of Space 4X games that have come out in the last five years. There have been a, just a buttload of them. But thankfully, Pegasus Expedition tries to do something a little bit different. It's a story-based 
space 4X game. And the last story-based 4X game I really remember is um, um, either Imperium Galactica 2 or what was it called? Hegem- Hegemonia? Hegemonia? I can never remember the name Hegemonia. of that Hegemonia. Yeah. Hegemonia. Yeah. That, was the, that was the same people as Imperium Galactica, I believe. Um, I think. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, we haven't had an actual like story-based 4X in at least a couple of decades because uh, most more, more and more people follow the... Um, you know, the more traditional 4X formula where you're master of Orion or whatever, and you make your own story and there's the narrative is, is what you make. And you know, that's fine. But I, I think I, I have to say right off the bat, I think you guys have why wisely try chosen to do something a little different in order to stand out. Because like I said, there have been just so many space 4X games in the last few years. And so many of them have been forgettable. I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, so let's, let's start from the very beginning. Where, where did the idea for the Pegasus, uh, expedition come from and when did you guys start working on it? Um, well, the, the very basic idea of doing a narrative based Forex game, like rose from our own experiences because, um, most of our team, um, are big fans of the genre and play a lot of the games of the genre. And the one thing that many of us had been uh, missing, like uh, looking for, for a long time, but didn't really find, uh, was like, um, more narrative heavy game. Like, like you said that the games in which you make your own story, every time you play it, they are fun and fine. Um, but if you are looking for, uh, like, more focused and coherent um, kind of story, then there weren't really many options. And like the idea started brewing from that um, when we ended up being a like, game developing team that what, what kind of game is the game we should make was that, okay, the one thing we've been hoping for and looking for but haven't found is this and should we try doing it ourselves? Yeah, you know, many many of us in our team, as Jakko said, are people who get really, really hyped up for that thematic setting of a Forex game. You know, you want to set up a thematic scenario or build your empire in this epic world being hyped up. But when you actually play the game, the narrative content stops, you know, after two voice lines or a few text boxes <laughs> or maybe one or two, you know, special batters, battles with a preset army. And we wanted more than that, pretty basically. I appreciate that. Folks on the stream, I apologize. For some reason, OBS decided to crash. It has not been my morning. It has not been my morning. OBS just like, just went poop. And <laughs> thank you, Shogun, for saying the stream was dead. I wasn't even noticing. I, when someone, it's okay. One, another side note, when someone's talking on the stream, I'm usually like staring at the mixer because I'm like trying to look at them. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at like their voice so I can focus on what they're saying. If that makes any sense. So I didn't even notice OBS crashed. <laughs> so thank you, Shogun. Um, yeah, like so many, yeah, so many four uh, X's, even, even the greatest ones, they're like, here's your narrative. It's a tiny bit of tutorial text for your first three turns. And that's it. Oh, and you might have some. You might have some characters. You might have some like hero characters, like a here's a scientist person and here's an admiral. And, but that's really like it. That's like all you get. They're just usually a bunch of stats, you know. To uh, yep. 
to uh, to pad out the game a little bit. And again, that is fine. That nothing wrong with that. But it is you guys have a lot of characters as a part of your story because you have multiple factions um, as a part of your story, at least according to the Kickstarter page. Um, was yes. It th- was it three factions? I think that you start with. Uh, uh well, uh, the the uh, the setting in which the player will be dropped in has like over thirty factions, though they are like less different cultures in which they belong to, because like most of the um, races are not a single single faction, but more like a cluster of. All right, I think I was... of, um, states. Um, but but you're right. We have quite a plenty of characters, and uh, there's um, actually a lot of um, actual dialogue you will have with them, because we thought like the one one of the most important um, ways of telling a story is like and to make it relatable is that you actually speak with the people you are like commanding and working with and also fighting with. Yeah, and very few games, very few games do that. Very few games um, enrich your experience by um, by letting you talk to the people who are on your ship or in your like in your council or whatever, and and the ones that do like it's hit or miss too. Like I'm thinking yeah. of um, I'm thinking of what. Yeah, that's... So I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, the thing is, you know, you know, even even if some games, you know, do have narrative content, the thing is that it's usually really disconnected from the rest of the game. And what we want to do is is um, we want the narrative side of the game to be connected to and actually affect the mechanical side of the game instead of them being, you know, completely separate and disconnected from each other. Right, exactly. Like I, I, I think of one game that did it well. It wasn't a four X game, but I don't know if you guys ever played the uh, the Star Wolves games. They were more RPG uh, games where you had individual pilots for the ships, and they were st- they had stats and everything, but they also had like v- pretty distinct characters. They were pretty distinct characters that would interact with each other uh, as well, which was always fun. Because that, that's another thing a lot of story-based games like forget to do is have your characters interact with each other, uh, not just you. Um, like, I think Jagged Alliance did that particularly well. Um, the Outer Worlds, which I was playing recently, does that well. But, yes, uh, it does. But most of the time, it's like your character talks to you, and like there might as well be no one else around. They just talk to you. Yeah, so, that's that's very true. And may I say well, like a short point about this, <laughs> what you just said? Um, that is very true. And that's actually one reason why um, most of the dialogue um, will be like, if you look at material or trailers, you can see um, in different places, um, the um, conversations, the dialogue will mainly be happening in different kind of um, like um, council kind of um, situations that when you go to negotiate with another a state you don't necessarily just get only one guy but you may get like the the, the main officials of their government government and so on like to to be able to uh, like give give more characters give the story more characters yeah and and i appreciate that um because it's good to have like when you meet a good character in a video game you remember that character they stick with you 
And so few video games have really memorable characters, you know, like, um, like Spaz, who would you say your favorite video game character is putting you on the spot? Wow. Um, <laughs> well, I would say from, let, let me, let me uh, go and say it would be the squads from Mass Effect. Okay. No, that's totally fair. I was... I mean, Garrus and uh, oh god, what's the other one's name that I love so much? Um, Tali. Tali. Yeah, they're they're uh, up there for me. Um, I'd say my favorite of all time is probably Stephen Heck from Alpha Protocol. If you guys have if you guys haven't played Alpha Protocol, you should. It's a it's a it's a janky game, but story wise, there's nothing like it. Um, like absolutely nothing like it. Um. But I've I've been playing um I've also been playing um Assassin's Creed Origins lately, trying to get through that. And the character in that, Bayek, is just fantastic. But so many games have characters that are just like, I'm here to give you this tiny bit of exposition. You will never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> but that has to be a challenge because Writing for video games has to be harder than writing for a more linear medium like movies or books or television. Um, and that has to be hard writing well for video games because like so many video games try to have a good narrative and a lot of them don't succeed. So what is that? What has that been like? Not only having a, a, a good narrative, but weaving that into a competent, fun game. What what kind of challenge has that been like? Uh, well, it, it's been very interesting, and I can verify that it is very different from uh, writing to writing other kind of stuff because there's um, so like you have really uh, lots of limitations in the way that how you can what what can happen and like what you can, for example, make characters say and when they are, will be able to say it. And also it, it has to fit in everything else that is in the game. Like even with, well, for, if you're writing a novel, you can decide everything. And if even if you're writing a script for a movie, you may have more power to decide like, okay, story will say that this, this, then this will happen now. But with the game that there are like so many other people doing so many other things for the same project and everything has to fit together. It's, it's well, Challenging in the way and and interesting as well. Like like, how do you keep track of everything? Do you have a Bible? Do you have a like a, a big web on a whiteboard? Like how do you keep track of all the different threads that are going through uh, a game like this? Uh, threads uh, by what you mean? Um, thread in this like this the story context. threads, the character threads, uh, like how they weave through the story. How do you keep track of that? Like some sometimes there's a show, like for a show, they might have a show bible where you put everything in there. You know? <laughs> okay, that's, well, that's, okay, that's, now I get it, and this will be quite interesting. We have a thing what we have been calling um, the conspiracy wall. <laughs> um, okay, there is no not an actual conspiracy there, but it's a wall that's full of pieces of paper taped on the, that wall. And, uh, well, we have to uh, move that uh, conspiracy wall um, to, like, um, to, on, to the web, to online, because we had to um, start um, working um, from home. And we did that too, but it, it's still just as intimidating as it was in its physical form. Yeah, you know, um, funny, funny story. Yeah. Um, our, our studio 
our studio is linked with my my uh, music production studio, and I have a big recording room there. And one morning, Jakob comes into my working room and he says, "Hey, Adam, uh, can can I, you know, put some of some of these papers on on the wall of your rec- recording room since it's you know empty for the acoustics? Uh, it'll just be there for a little while, and you know we need to visualize some things about the story." And then you know, one month <laughs> later, it's, you know, two it's two two whole walls full of you know this this conspiracy <laughs> about he- how Elvis is alive. <laughs> well, at, at least many people who are unable to understand the true meaning think that it it will prove something like that, but it's actually just our <laughs> the script. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, that sounds. Amazing. Well, have you take? I, I, I mean, I read through your Kickstarter and I haven't seen any. Are you gonna take pictures of this wall or anything? Uh, <laughs> we you, should. We should. It, it's right now. We haven't thrown away the physical. Oh, you guys it, totally but... should. People would love to see that as a like a Kickstarter update. Like, <laughs> here, here's the wall. Here's the, the backer only post, and uh, yeah, people, yeah. people, the, people love seeing how the sausage is made, and people would just go gaga for that. I'm going gaga just listening to it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, I okay, love it. <laughs> we we should do that. We we really should do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Take some pictures. Talk about it a little bit. Make it a backer only post. And, and you will definitely get, you will you will definitely be influencers. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah. Shogun is like, uh, <laughs> I'd love to see the wall. Hi, Zeon Cat. What do you mean, don't do it? Why not? <laughs> why not, Zeon Cat or Zeon Cat? Yes. Uh, why not do it? I think that's a great. I think that'd be a great post uh, for people to see the work. I mean, that also shows the work you've put in to making a competent narrative. That sounds like a lot of work. Illuminati is... Are they thinking that that you shouldn't, like, um, show the magic behind the trick or something? Um, Well, well, if you take the picture from far away so that people can't really zoom in and see all the little details... Yeah, they can't read read my handwriting anyway, so that's not (laughs) a problem. Uh, (laughs) I need to finish. I know that. I know that. I have the worst handwriting in the world. I know that. Uh, uh, but yeah, like just take a wide shot. Like, like I, I do love how a lot of TV shows now, like they know people are going to freeze and pause and read things like that. So they will like make it as detailed as they can on the TV. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to uh, <laughs> just take a like, wide shot. Like this is where this is the basis of what we're making our story on. So how does how does the story start? It's because uh, I, I I read it on the Kickstarter, but I don't know if people here um, listening to the show uh, read the Kickstarter yet. So how does the story start, and how does the player get involved in the story? Um, yeah. So um, to to try to put it shortly, um, the Pegasus expedition um, is a expedition sent um, by the mankind from the Earth to the Pegasus galaxy. Um, in a, in a difficult situation, they are facing um, back home. To to tell that um, shortly, um, the mankind had um, entered the spacefaring age um, quite happily and hadn't encountered any other life and had colonized a um, few other places and everything was going going rel- relatively well. And and then they encountered the first 
other life form in the space um, that turned out to be both very dangerous and very hostile. Um, that uh, they dubbed the Colossals, so very uh, a huge life form that is apparently was very intelligent, um, but wasn't interested in any kind of communication at all. But instead, uh, was very aggressively hostile, and without any experience about fighting anything in space, the mankind was in really trouble uh, with that threat. Um, and the following half, half, uh, hundred years, fifty years, they have been been slowly pushed back towards the Earth. And and during the time when the game is about to start, um, the Earth is the only place left. So the, all the colonies have already fallen. And at that point, um, they have been have to um, try to think of something else because the straight fighting back is going to is not going to work. So what they think of is uh, sending an expedition to to a galaxy they think that is far enough um, from the colossals to in order to um, form new colonies there. Uh, that uh, will at least serve as a refuge for the population of the Earth should it fall, and it, it looks likely that it will, unless um, the expedition manages to pull off something unexpected, find some something miraculous from the new galaxy that will actually um, be able to help to defend Earth as well. So oh. that, that, that's that, that's what the expedition is doing, and what the player is doing. They are leading a part of that expedition with that little task on their shoulders, and also with quite limited time, because well, if the Earth falls, the 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 player has sort of failed, even though their own troops and forces would be alive, because the Earth is the main focus of everything naturally. Hmm. So, so there is, so, so there is a, uh, kind of a clicking, clicking, uh, ticking talk clock. Oh my God. I can't talk. There kind of is like a ticking clock going on while you're playing. Oh, well, in a sense. Yes. It, it's not like it, it, it's telling you, okay, you have 52 turns left because it, it would be like boring and quite unimaginative and not very realistic either. Because of course they are not knowing, no, they do not know exactly what is going to go happen, going to happen back home. But they know that if we wait too long, it's not necessarily going to be anything good. So the like the pressure from home is going to be quite high, and they will be, uh, they will be wanting progress and asking for, will be asking for progress quite frequently. And <laughs> if the player really just stops. And and like stops from doing anything. Eventually, that won't to lead anything good. Oh, okay, I I didn't know there was a pressure coming from back home that is is kind of pushing you a little bit, which I like. I th- I think that's that's also different from like usually the only pressure pushing you forward really is you in these games. Like like. Like, if you think about it, with a lot of these 4X games, why do you need to leave your home planet? You don't, really. I mean, you should, but you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the only one making you go out there is you. <laughs> so I, I kind of like how there's something of an external uh, pressure being put on the player uh, to, move, to move forward. I like that. I like that a lot. Um so how do you interact with your characters? Is it like you have your admiral who's in charge of uh, the military? Do you have your scientist who's in charge of uh, the science? Like, how do you interact with the characters in the game? Is it through like, um, like, 
pre pre chosen story bits? Uh, is it through choices the player makes? Mm. Well, um, the, the characters, um, like there are two groups of the character, characters. The, the most important characters are like the player's own subordinates that are a bit like you just said that you have the admiral, the grand admiral who leads all the military and the <laughs> science guy who is uh, responsible for all the scientific development. And these four, four people, the, the two others are like minister of interior and minister of foreign affairs like the main diplomat um so these people are the ones that you will make uh, big decisions about like the course of your um de facto state um decisions about that with um with them um in many cases um when you do something you will like get a, a discussion among those people when anything important happens um it's a situation that you will likely um, discuss with them and uh, also like many of those discussions will be optional so if you feel like okay I've, I've been talking about this enough for now you don't have to talk with them unless you want to um, but when important enough things happen then you will like absolutely have to talk about that with your own government that they are and then you have the characters that are not are not of your faction and in which case you will um, not have that much chances to communicate with them but but when there's something involving them happening then then you can communicate with them as well so it it um, really depends on the situation um what initiates the communication and for people who like really want to hear their counselors opinions on many things um they're often like there will be just a sort of small notification telling that okay this counselor would like to talk to you and like in in very optional way and if you would like to hear what they have to say about this thing then you can like accept it and see see what they want to say and also um the the dialogue because there will be quite a bit of dialogue um in the game both optional and non-optional um uh, the player will be making like dialogue choices as well not only like um gameplay decisions it's it's not only like do we want to take part in this plot that our neighbor is offering us or not kind of decisions you will be making those um but you will also like because the discussion we've tried to make the, the discussion as realistic and real feeling as possible which means there will be people talking to each other and you are one of those people as well so the li- the dialogue um you, you will be acting as a person in that dialogue so will you have also dialogue choices that affect the dialogue oh if you, so if you get what i mean will there be like less incident i don't know if this is the right way to describe it less incidental dialogue like you know gossip and like oh this character wants to have a birthday party with you there and stuff like that is there going to be like 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 less like like so much of the dialogue in 4X games like sir do you want to build this laser cannon uh do you want to have a peace treaty with these guys but is there going to be a little more um broader slat like flavor text with the characters as well is that what we're talking about uh well yes um because well we have that um, big situation involving what's going on back home and also um like the big developments going on in the galaxy um that well uh, will be like you will the player will need them explained to them 
and also like make decisions about how to react to them. Um, so it, it's the, the idea is like many of the larger things going on that you just can't just see by looking the map and the numbers and icons that your subordinates will explain to you. Like your the, the, the guy responsible for your diplomacy can tell you that, okay, we have now um, seen signs that this group of small states in this corner uh, are trying to form some kind of um, larger federation. And should we try to stop this, this process? Or do you think that it, that is like good to us? And so oh. on. Like So they, they will... They are like a tool to also let the player to for the player to be able to understand better what's actually going on in this galaxy. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, because you like there's always so much you can put on a map, and there, I mean before it starts getting overwhelming. And so having characters actually give you context to things that's going on that sounds like a great idea. Honestly, it sounds like a really fantastic idea. Because, again, so many 4X games are like, here's your map, here are your ships, just have fun. And, and again, that's, that's fine, but like having characters be like, hey, there's something going on over here. That, that's pretty cool, I have to admit. I like that, because um, not, not a lot of strategy games are infused with character, you know? And I mean, hmm. you have you have your Crusader Kings, and you have maybe your Total War Warhammers, um, and and a few others that are in the works right now. But that's really it. So it, it's it's really nice to hear a strategy game that maybe not the characters are the focus, but have a lot more are a lot more involved than um, than other strategy games. So that sounds really great, I must admit. Um, so do you make a custom character when you start a game, or are you a preset character? Uh, is your is your avatar named at all in the game, or are you just kind of some, like, Morpheus god thing? <laughs> well, you are the director of the fleet, and that, that's how they will be calling you. So, so in a sense, um, you, you don't name... Uh, name the how director everyone refer, refers to you as with that title and and so in, in a sense you, you don't have an avatar it's the like the choices you keep making as the director that that sort of creates maybe uh, dictates that who your director actually is oh okay and and do characters like I apologize if this is explained in the Kickstarter. I read it twice, but my brain is just right now. Um, do character do other characters have like do they grow at all? Are there like any kind of I'm not gonna say role playing elements. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say role playing elements because that's that's good. I mean, but are, are there things like that? Do characters like grow and do they remember like the choices you said are, are made? Like yes. Or, oh, good. <laughs> Yes, that, that that that's one of the things that makes a story interesting. Like if there are characters you care about, and then many many mm-hmm. things happen to those characters, they tend to change a bit. That they, what kind of people they are, and at least they will rem- remember those things. So yes, um, we have put an effort, lots of effort into that to like try to make the characters real and memorable, and also like live through that 
events with you and they will remember the things that have happened uh, and also they will remember like choices you have made uh, with those things um, especially if they disagree with your choices with those uh, in those decisions um, but yeah it, in a sense if, if you're asking whether like our the main characters will have like character development and growth I can answer that yes they will oh good that's that's so important that's it's so important in a good story is that you you have character arcs for characters you care about um like like um a lot of my friends and I are obsessed with uh Star Trek Deep Space 9 and uh we always bring up some of the best like arcs in the show like Nog I don't know have you guys watched Deep Space 9 uh no I have really. only seen that the the oldest oldest original seasons <clears throat> Oh, okay. Of Star Trek. <laughs> That's the one I cannot get my wife to watch. I I have brought it up many times, and she's like, "No, it looks too, it looks too cheesy," and I'm sure it's all sexist. I'm like, "Well, you know, for the '60s, it was really progressive, but <laughs> yes. now, but now maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Deep Space Nine um, has some." especially for minor characters. There are some minor characters on that show that have amazing character growth. And that's one of the reasons that show sticks with people like me is because you, you love watching them grow and change. So that sounds very exciting that this game also has characters that grow and change. Now, um, does the trajectory, can the trajectory of the game change based on how you interact with your characters? Like what decisions you make? Or is it more based on the planets you colonize and things like that? Um, well, the, the the very very sort of highest overarching level of the story um, can't change terribly much because it's it's ultimately about saving the Earth in some way. Mm, so, like that, 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 in that, you either succeed or you don't succeed. Um, um, but the the, the uh, level right um, below that uh, with the, the many different individual things happening that there's lots of um, different ways um, like that the, the things can go and um, so there's a lot of um, optional story content in the game because um, I, I, we have been asked about that that when the game has this much story how much does it limit the freedom of choice um, like the sandbox elements of a strategy game so there are many factions, for example, that, okay, there's this faction um, that's having a civil war here, and there are two sides in that civil war, and you can either just go and destroy them like you would any in any other faction in a Forex game, or you can take pick up the story content that is in there that is like, like you actually pick one of the sides of the civil war and try to make them win the civil war, and then and try to make that winning side your puppet state of source that you will be pulling the strings in the whole thing um so there's lots of these kind of things that you can either pick up or leave if you don't want to experience more story content but just want more freedom in in your sandbox forex game and and then those have a lot of different like like you the outcomes of those um will depend on what you have chosen chosen to do or not to do oh nice so they're I was going to, one of the questions I was going to ask is with, with something um, as narrative heavy as this sounds like it's going to be, um, 
how much replayability is there. Cause people love replayability with their four X's, you know, and it sounds like with optional story content like that, and also how that can change based on the decisions and choices you make. Um, it sounds like there is a pretty good amount of replayability uh, from one session to the next. I mean, yeah, well, of course it's yes. Yes. Go on. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so of course it's, it's not the same that with some, some huge strategy games in which um, you always create a new faction from a scratch and, and so on, because we have a set setting and uh, still one um, broad story, but there's um, many different, the, the many things that can happen go on differently um, between the start and the end, and uh, like different different outcomes depending on what you have done. And also, you can affect a bit that how story heavy it will be. Like if if you want, okay, I experienced the story content the first time. Now I want a bit more free experience. You can like leave leave those hook, hooks there and instead oh, that's uh, nice. not do that do the optional content, but instead do it in more sandbox way. Oh, that's nice. Like, like, cause yeah, like other game, like I'm trying to think of like the character driven games that I can think of that I really enjoyed that also were fairly narrative heavy, but offered some freedom. Um, I'm thinking of star Wars rebellion. I don't know if you guys played that one. It was called, uh, I think it was called supremacy overseas. Um, it's a Star Wars strategy game. It's not really a 4X because you're not really exploring. Um, but you're sending characters all over the place to do missions and stuff. And even though the end goal is kind of the same, how you deal with the characters can really change the game through each playthrough. So what when you were telling me about like how to interact how you interact with the story content and stuff, that's what it was reminding me of. In a good way. Because I don't know if you guys have played that game, but it's amazing. Even to this day, it's fantastic. Uh, no, I, I don't think we have, but <laughs> maybe we should. And also, um, one interesting um, design question was that because we are doing a, a story, a game that has a lot of story content, and in, in games that are not strategy games, you can like make the stuff easily optional in the way that if it is more RPG kind of game where the player walks where he wants to go, he can just go there and then pick up a guest when he quest when he uh, wants to, or he just doesn't go there if he doesn't want to pick it up now. Mm. Um, I think we just lost Adam from the oh. Discord. <laughs> what, Adam? Did I say something you didn't? Oh, no. What the... Okay. Uh, what, what happened? <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. He... he... Mm. Oh, he's typing something. Um... Not the best technical show this morning, y'all, and, and nothing. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know why Discord was such a thing, and I think that might be the first time OBS has crashed during a stream. Uh, oh. I've had it crash once or twice, like while I was setting it up to record something, but very rarely does OBS crash, and it it totally did. Like five minutes in today. Oh boy. Um, Mm, can you can you like invite him? He's back? still he, he's, he, he's still in the thing. He's still in the call. He's still in our little really? PM here. Yeah, he's still in our little private message little group here. Um, I don't see him. Okay, he he brought to me that like did the whole Discord through him. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, my. I'll, I'll see if I can invite him again. No, he's still in the group. He should be able to rejoin. Uh, if he goes back to direct messages, you should be able to rejoin. Should be. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll write that to him. Yeah, the jo- the joys of doing it live, my friends. The joys of, I mean, <sighs> we, love, we, we love doing it live, but sometimes yeah, you just run into some technical problems and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Um, I mean, we've tried, we, we used to use Skype for these things and uh, we had a lot of problems there too, because Skype is just a nightmare. And then we tried, um, and then we tried, what was it called? Mumble. Yeah. It was like mumble. Yeah. Mumble. And, and that, that was not the most user-friendly experience. So like no one can figure out how to connect to us. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we use yeah, discord. That's why we use discord. And we're, we're kind of, enslaved to it at this point and so because it's really the best option it's it's yeah the most, when, when it works it's good yeah it's the most user-friendly and uh and it you it i'm not gonna say it's the most stable but it's mo it's fairly stable um of the options we have used it yeah. is the most stable yeah out of the options yeah, and there might be a better option out there, but you know, will it be as user friendly as this? Uh, will it be as accessible as this? That's the yeah, what a pain in the in the butt. So, how far along is the game at this point? Um, how far along you you mean like um? Are you an alpha? Ready? You, yeah, like you are you an alpha? Are you in beta? Like how far along in the development process would you say you guys are at this point? Uh, well, we have been um, developing it um, for a year and a half now uh, with our team, uh, and uh, like uh, our, we are planning planning to release it um, during the first half of twenty one, so like next year. So in that sense, we are starting to be um, quite late late into development. Oh wow, that's that's um, amazing. Are we trying to get him back or? Um, um he's right there. Yeah. Hey, okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay, Adam, can you hear us? Yeah, no, I can hear you. Did what happened? Okay. Did Discord just boot you? What what happened? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't let me connect and I tried several different internet connections I have at my house and <laughs> nothing worked. And everything else was working fine, but Discord for some reason didn't let me connect. What the Okay, yeah, see I, I in a way, that's comforting to know that I'm not the only one with Discord problems. <laughs> I, I apologize for that. I'm sorry it booted you, but in a way, it's good to know it's not just me. Uh, so we're, we're now D- Discord problem brothers. Uh, yeah, really- I'm checking, and according to Down Detector, there are possible problems at Discord. So it's not just us. Oh, okay. That's good. And okay. yeah, y- yesterday, Discord took a total dump. Too, I think because of some Google servers or something, it just like completely stopped working for like half an hour. So, um, I mean, more and more people are using it because of the pandemic. Not just it's not just for gamers, gamer servers anymore. Um, like when when the pandemic first started, my wife's family, we were all doing this big group text, and it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm like, guys, let's just get on a Discord and use that. And so we've been using that for the last several months, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, Discord is is great, but it's also, I don't, uh, they might be a victim of their own success. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Adam, we we have not talked much about the music, and uh, music is such an important part at least for me, of any gaming experience. Um, how much music would you say there is for the game, at least right now? Uh, I'd say it's it's over an hour at the moment. Ooh. Um, we haven't quite decided uh, in terms of some tracks whether we want them or not, but um, there will be quite a bit of music. And uh, in in terms of the structure of the str- soundtrack, I think the biggest difference when comparing to other Forex soundtracks is that instead of just having, you know, two, two hours of generic music, um, we're really, really, you know, tying that into the narrative aspect of the game and having a lot of narrative tracks that are tied to specific situations. So like like in an RPG, for example, you know, you you go into a specific narrative situation and a specific track starts to play that, you know, is tied to that situation and you remember it through that situation. We wanted to to achieve something like that with our soundtrack. That's awesome because a good soundtrack can really, really help the game. And I'm I'm a soundtrack nut. I'm an absolute gaming soundtrack addict and and like listening to you talk about it yeah you just got me to pledge good job <laughs> <laughs> well Thanks. did you did you listen to adam's pieces there are some of them i, I did at least I, I did i was glad you guys included that that was a really good idea i was really glad you guys included that on the kickstarter page because uh i do want to talk about kickstarter too because um i i really liked your kickstarter page there's a lot of good detail there you've got um, you have the, you know, the bits of music and stuff, some interactive elements like that. Uh, so many Kickstarters just throw up a bunch of text and just expect like ex- expect to be funded. I've seen so many terrible Kickstarters. How much work did you guys put into the Kickstarter before it went live? <laughs> well, we had to admit that we put quite a lot, lot of it because, well, we wanted to, tell as much as possible because well we thought that the more people know the more they like realize the like the uh, why why this is a good thing what's the point of this thing um so we we put a lot of effort to to the page i'll admit that yeah i i think i think uh thing that was in our favor was though that uh you know that beginning beginning context for for our kickstarter wasn't that you know we have this game idea and you know, if you guys back this, then we'll make it. Like that's not the situation we're in. Uh, basically, we're as as we said on our page, we're kickstarting kickstarting uh, the game in order for us to be able to you know refine it more. You know, take take more take more time to to um, uh, you know f- test test for more bugs, test for balance. You know, have a cleaner release. Which, which, which you know, gives uh, puts us, us in the situation where you know we also have more to show, and that's important. Yeah, so, so many Kickstarters like are starting from nothing. 
or very little. They have like hardly anything to show. Like, I'll be honest. I don't know if you guys remember the Elite Dangerous Kickstarter. It was one of the worst I had seen up to that point. <laughs> they had nothing. Yeah, I was considering considering backing it, but I didn't. Even though I had actually played original on the Commodore 64, my father's. You made the right call. <laughs> it, it's 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 ultimately been a disappointing experience. But um, but uh, no, I really liked how it's 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 always good when you already have a foundation that you've already built from that you're like hey we already have this thing going we just want to make it better i think that's a much stronger place to start a kickstarter campaign from than a oh we have an idea and uh <laughs> we're just getting started on it give, give us money and uh i i i think you guys have done a much better job because there's a lot of good graphics here you have a lot of explainers you have a tear with the soundtrack, which is what I care about. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many Kickstarter campaigns I've almost backed. And then there's been like no mention of a soundtrack anywhere. I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, but not- you know... <laughs> Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of indie companies are, you know, in the situation where, where they want more time and they don't want a messy release. But, you know, they might be forced to release the game in, the, in a messy state. And even though we're not, we're totally not planning for that, that's something, you know, we want to, we want to secure with this Kickstarter that we have the, have the funds, as we said, to, you know, um, finish it and bring it to its full potential. Yeah, and put more stuff in. Yeah. Basically. As well. Right. And but, that, and it, I... it's, but it's not like the, the, the Kickstarter campaign is not dictating whether we are creating this game or not, because we've been creating it a long time already. And again, and again, that shows, I think, I think that will lead to a stronger campaign because you're already dedicated. You, you already know what you're doing. You already have uh, a lot of work involved in the, pro- in the, um, in the game itself. And I think when people see that, they're a lot more likely to back it than like, Oh, I have this, I swear to God, we had a show. Um, and the guy, I don't even remember the name of the game now, but the guy was Probably really, better if it goes unnamed. Yeah, at this point the guy had he was running Kickstarter, and he had like the barest shell of a of 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 a he it was it was so ambitious, and yet the 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 build that he provided to us was basically you're flying a thing that looks like a space shuttle in one direction. But he wanted like whole galaxies and narratives and characters. And that was probably one of the hardest interviews I've ever done. Cause we're like, there's nothing here, you get, buddy. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing here. Oh, it's probably my least favorite show. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, he's he, and his Kickstarter went nowhere. It went absolutely. I think he had three backers who are probably his friends or family and that was it. And, and it's it's tough, especially with um, with kick, there's a lot of people have fatigue around Kickstarter as well, or crowdfunding in general, because a lot of projects have just not come to fruition. So yeah, you know, 
Good. Yeah, you know, we we had a long long discussion about this. You know, way way back when. You know, do do we want to go to Kickstarter early? You know, do we want to have a campaign that you know kickstarts the whole game, or do we want to spend our time, you know, finding other means of funding to be actually able to make the game regardless of Kickstarter, and then use Kickstarter, you know, as 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 a means of you know maybe being able to do more. And I, I really think that was the right decision because because you know I've had the same I've had the same you know fatigue with Kickstarter you know seeing all of these different pages that really don't really don't show enough or you know are are in a be, the beginning state of development so you really don't know how they end up. I've kickstarted a lot of games that you know have never released or have released in a very very poor state. Yeah. Oh my God. There. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but there have been some really big Kickstarters that I've just been so disappointed with, and ultimately, either because they petered out, or or because they released something that was terrible. Like, uh, oh, I'm gonna name it. Like, I'm gonna like name- they pushed it to 1.0, but it Ugh. it was probably at a half finished state. That kinetic, has happened more than once. Kinetic yeah. void. Kinetic void. Yep. <laughs> Into the stars. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. We're just we're we're a little bitter about some of these. A little bit bitter. <laughs> I, I, mean, yeah. I understand. I was actually one of the original backers of Starforge, so I've seen it all. Of of what? Starforge. What's Starforge? I don't even remember that one. What was that? <laughs> Isn't that the biggest single, like, failed game Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, it was like this massive um, uh, sci-fi survival base building, you know, everything basically (laughs) was what they promised. And I kickstarted it and, you know, it had a lot of allegations about being abandoned or being an outright scam. And, you know, it, it was removed from Steam eventually. But I've really seen it all with with their their roller coaster of a develop, development cycle. But that got a lot of funding, a lot of lot of funding. Oh, I yeah. don't remember the numbers. They have a. Uh, I'm looking at their. Um, I'm looking at. There's a Wikipedia page for it apparently, and apparently it was pulled from Steam in 2017, and then the developers are like, "No, we're not working on it anymore." And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Money well spent. Uh, yeah, there there yeah. have been failures like the mandate. I'm still oh, salty the about mandate. that one. Oh, that one hurt. That's right. Yeah, that, that one really hurt. I was a backer on that one. As was I. That one looked great. And they disappeared. They just disappeared, didn't they? They just like totally, yeah. totally they, disappeared. They, the- they just oh. ghosted everybody and... Oh, nothing came of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not that we're saying you guys, that said, (laughs) that said the majority of campaigns that I have backed have come to fruition. Yeah. It's maybe, yeah, I think maybe less than 5% of the ones I have backed. And I backed a lot of them over the years Mm -hmm. that have not come to fruition or have gone to 1.0 while being partially finished. Yeah. So, yeah. I understand the fatigue, though. That's it can still be disheartening to see how many campaigns have failed over the course of that many years. 
Yeah. But again, but yeah, I think... To, Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just, just saying that because we have, we've too seen a lot of that, so we ended up going with the approach that we have a clear plan for the development, like never mind the Kickstarter, no matter what happens with that, we have uh, like have, have planned to think till the launch and so on. Um, so like it, it, it's a it's a nice plus if if we get more funding for the development from there, but like it, it, it's going to happen anyway. That's what that's what we usually like to hear. That's what we like to hear is that the I mean it might slow things down, you know, if the Kickstarter isn't funded, but it'll still happen. We always like to hear that, and those are the games that usually end up being the best um, out of the whole thing. Is like even if they don't get funded, they still they still happen. And uh, it might take a little longer, but it's worthwhile in the end. Um, so, yeah, Kickstarter is a strange thing. It's like it's like a huge marketing campaign that you have thirty days to, uh, or sixty days, or however many long days, and it it's it's almost a full time job in and of itself. Um, so uh, yes. So, um, I, I mean, I wish you guys the best of luck with it. Again, folks, the uh, game is the Pegasus Expedition. It is currently on Kickstarter for 27 more days. Um, and the pledge you have asked for is very modest. Like, when you see a lot of games, they're like, $300,000. You're like, what? No. Come on. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Uh, but you guys have only asked for a goal of 25,000, which again is a very realistic and modest goal. Um, uh, uh, that does not, and you're already, like, you're already a fifth of the way there, which is great. You know, that is, that is, and with 27 days left, that's really great. Um, yeah, we we got got some questions about the sum that that this this sounds quite a small sum for this kind of game, but it again comes back to the point that like we are doing the game and this will help the game, um, but already small amount will help the game, um, right? But the game will go on. Well, you you guys touched right. on this, but uh, in the Twitch chat, Kermat the Frog, <laughs> that's a great name. That's a great name, buddy. Uh, Kermat the Frog asked, what's going to happen if uh, you don't meet your Kickstarter goal? You, you touched on that, but I, th- I think he wants to hear a little more. Well, well the, game's going to, the game's going to release. Um, we, we might not have uh, as much time to polish it, but the game's going to release and we're going to do our best. And we're, yeah. That's basically yeah, well, it, it, it will release. Um, our plan is that it will release anyway on the first half of next year. It's why we may have a, a bit less muscle um, for the rest of the development, but we are doing it full-time anyway, all the time. Um, so we are releasing the game anyway. And also this um, Kickstarter, our goal in the Kickstarter is a um, small part of the whole budget yeah. of the game. So it's, like it's, it's not reliant on that. But yeah. if if it, if we reach our goal, it will like, well basically give us more muscle for the development to work with. That's a good way to put it. Muscle, I like that. Um, <laughs> and congrats on working on this full time. Like, there, it it's it. A lot of devs can't do that. 
Um, so congrats on being able to, uh, to, uh, to work on this full time, but we do have to start wrapping up because I have to get to work. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so friends, the game again is called the Pegasus expedition. It is currently, uh, kickstarting for another 27 days. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. They have got tiers where you can get the soundtrack and what are some of these other ones? Um, your name in the game and the credits, uh, art book. Oh, short stories. Oh, cool. Uh, I like that. Um, oh, you can get playing cards. Oh, that's neat. Uh, patches, pins, all sorts of neat stuff. That's the kind of stuff I like seeing in tears is like, you got a bunch of digital stuff. Then you get a bunch of physical stuff. If you pay a little more, well done. Well done. These are well thought out tears. I like it. But Thank you. Thank you. Especially the soundtrack. Like as soon as I saw a soundtrack, I'm like done, because I love soundtracks. Well done, well done, um, gentlemen. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to uh, join us today. Sorry about the uh, the technical issues. I have no idea why Discord is being such a goddamn nightmare today. And uh, folks, I want to apologize for the technical issues we had today uh, while the stream died because OBS crashed and, and we lost one of our guests for a little while. It's just not the best technical morning for us, but uh, thankfully the audio recording of all this survived, even though the stream died. So at least the MP3 will be the complete, <laughs> uh, be, be fully complete. So keep an eye out for that on Thursday. And uh, because we're doing a podcast today, uh, if I have the energy, I should be streaming something this afternoon, um, probably around 4 p.m., maybe 3 or 4 p.m. Um, Pacific time. So, uh, yeah, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Again, guys, guys and gals, the game is... Um, I'm totally losing it. <laughs> I'm just... I'm... I'm becoming frayed. Uh, the game is the Pegasus Expedition. It is currently on Kickstarter. Be sure to check it out. Uh, there'll, there'll be links in the show notes of the YouTube video, if I could make a damn YouTube video out of this. And, uh, and definitely on the blog post where you can get the MP3. Uh, but you can also just go to Kickstarter and look up the Pegasus Expedition. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a really great uh, campaign page. A lot of videos. Uh bits of the soundtrack, lots of images. It's a really well done campaign. Uh, go check it out and let them convince you to back it. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Uh, be safe. Be well. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye.